<laughs> um, so I just want to welcome anybody that's watching that is new to me, new to Nicole, or just new to coaching or anything like that in general. Um, anyone that's new and anyone that's struggling today, you are so in the right place because you're going to hear loads and loads of wisdom and and just listen for the similarities not the differences and and just take what you need from this um you know if you're watching live amazing um if you're watching on catch up that's great too so um i'm andrea from dominant mindset coaching i was a dominatrix for 12 years i was just explaining this to to nicole earlier my whole story um and i also got sober in 2018 um and I'm now a confidence coach and I help people to turn their setbacks into personal power. Um, and I've definitely had my fair share of setbacks myself. And with me today is another powerful and super strong woman. This is Nicole. So Nicole, do you want to introduce yourself and let us know a little bit about you and what you're about? Absolutely. Absolutely. So thank you, Andrea, for that intro. So I am Nicole, as she mentioned, and my business is the Simply Social. So just really quickly in a nutshell, what I do, what I have been doing since COVID really hit where I found this need is I have been helping female entrepreneurs mm -hmm. who are overwhelmed by the online space, whether that is social media or website building or anything to do with online because there is so much out there and I think we've all experienced the overwhelm depend not regardless of how well versed we are in the internet or not it can still be overwhelming so I help female entrepreneurs bring their business online with ease so without that feeling of overwhelm I really help them and walk them through these platforms how to use them so that my end goal and at the end these women are feeling confident and empowered that they can do this on their own they don't need me they don't need anyone else they're not lost they're not in the dark anymore they're not feeling overwhelmed they understand the platforms we've talked about they understand how to use them and how to utilize them in their business so that is just a little nutshell about the simply social um there's a lot more <laughs> about me and myself outside of my business but we i'm sure we are going to dive into that very quickly so i'll leave that for now so one of the things that really jumped out to me there was your commitment to self-sufficiency. That just sings to me because there's been times when nobody's been around and I have felt so alone, like I don't know what to do. And that is one of the most isolating, terrifying things ever. And I'm the same as you, like I want people to have the tools so they don't need me anymore. And, and they don't need anyone else, any other coaches, any other courses, bin the books, like you've got the tools and you've got something where if there is no one else around and you're in a pickle, you can get yourself out of it. So I love that you do that as well. So we're definitely in alignment there. Yes, absolutely. And that that is a really big component of what I do, because like I said, I want these women to be empowered, be confident. And of course, I'm always there on the sidelines when we're finished working together, if they need that resource, because at some point, all of us will have questions, we might need some guidance, but really the tools that we go through, and I give them so many other tools, recordings throughout the process that they can go back and reference where eventually they will, whether 
it might not be the first or the second time they're doing it on their own, but they will have the knowledge at some point, it'll be repetitive that they will know how to do it on their own. And they don't always have to keep coming back to me or coming back to the recorded videos or anything like that. So I'm really, really big on empowerment in what I do. Absolutely love it. So Nicole, what do you think in your opinion makes a woman powerful? Mm-hmm. Great question. Great question. Um, so I think there are so many definitions of powerful, but in terms of my kind of little nook, my corner of the online business space, and I'm going to talk about um, online business because that is what I'm well-versed in and that is what I help women with. Um, but in terms of online business, what makes women so powerful and really just having the confidence to build something out of nothing that they can see a vision for. And I've had this and also all of the clients that I work for have this vision as well. And they know who they want to help and they know that there's a path to get there, but it might not be a clear path or a path that they've ever explored before, but they know that that end goal that they want is attainable. And you have, you know, that end goal or you have at some point, Maybe you're there now. I'm sure you're not because I'm sure we're always striving for something more, which is how it should be. Um, But they know where they want to be, whether that's in one week or one month or one year or two years, and they're striving towards that. So I really find that women specifically have that ability to have a grand vision. And a lot of women and a lot of the women that I work with and a lot of women in the entrepreneurial and online business space are able to see that vision and able to go after it. And if you are creating your own online business, you're entrepreneurial, then absolutely you have that vision to go after what it is that you want. So all of the women that I, I would say, yeah, really all of the women that I interact with online have this vision. They know where they want to be. They might not see the stepping stones on how to get there, but that's why there are coaches or consultants to help you get to that point. But women, I find really just have that vision to know where they want to go and to be able to act on it. And all of the women that I come into contact in the online space have that. And I think it's so amazing and so inspiring. And that's why I love hopping on calls and doing this with other women because I get to hear their stories and it's really inspiring for my journey and to help along the clients that I'm helping in my business. Awesome. And What's something that you've had to battle through that's, you know, had you come out of the other side more powerful yourself? Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> this might be a little bit of a long-winded story, but this is where I'll go Good into time. a little bit more. <laughs> this is where I'll go into a little bit more background about myself and how I got to sitting in this chair speaking with you today. Because it is definitely never a place that I thought I would be, or never a vision that I had for myself that I would be here. So yeah. I am originally from Canada. I don't live in Canada. I haven't for quite a while. Um, but I'm originally from Canada. And so I grew up, I went to high school, I went to university there, but I, I always, something in the back of my mind and my body just knew that Canada wasn't meant for me. Um, and I was meant for bigger things, but in in university, in high school, my dream was to get a corporate business job and to work in this business job 
I was thinking, you know, downtown Toronto in the business attire, living that powerful businesswoman life. And that was always my goal. I grew up in a really small town. So I always wanted to live in a big city. Uh, Toronto's 4 million. So at the time that was a big city for me. And uh, that was always the end goal. So then I finished university. I got an office job, which I was actually very aligned with. My skills were really aligned with. And it was in my hometown. It wasn't even in the big city of Toronto. And so I was really excited to get into this. But about a year, year and a half in, I really realized like, I don't think I can do this for the rest of my life. I cannot sit at this desk for the rest of my life for the next 40, 50 X amount of years and be happy with it. And I, 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 truly believe that every woman who is entrepreneurial, who is a business owner has gone through this feeling at some point, because a lot of the times that's where it stems from. And you know, you have a skill and you know that you can help. But at this point, I didn't know any of that. I didn't, I was like, I don't have a skill. I can't do anything, but I just know this is not the life for me. I don't want to be sitting at a desk for the next 40 years. So then I started to explore other options of, okay, well, what can I do? And this is where the nagging feeling of Canada is just too small for me. It's, you know, 4 million where I live now is much more people. I'll get into that in a second. Um, But 4 million just didn't seem like enough. And Canada's population wasn't enough. And there's only so many big cities in Canada. And I was like, this is just not the life that I want to live. So how can I change that? Because I'm really big on changing. You have to change your surroundings. No one else is going to do it for you. So I started to kind of think, okay, what are other alternatives for me? And after looking into many alternatives, I actually settled on living abroad and teaching somewhere and teaching abroad. And since English is my first language, that was honestly a pretty easy, uh, a pretty easy sell. And I had known, I think we all kind of know some people who have gone abroad for a year and who have done that. Um, And so that was the route that I chose to take. And I did have some other motives, I won't lie as well. Um, Saving money and financial independence was a big motive for me kind of moving somewhere else in geo arbitrage so that I could save money and invest my money a little bit sooner than I could in a country like Canada. Um, So I settled on moving to China and this was for about four years ago. So this was quite a while ago and I ended up moving to China and I'm still in China actually just for the next two weeks. I'll be leaving and moving somewhere else and living there really shortly. Um, But I ended up living in China in a small, in a small, small, not a small city. I mean, it's about 10 million people, um, which for China is big, but not, not too big. So I ended up living in China and that was where I really discovered, okay, I ended up just putting myself in another office job and teaching was never a passion that I had. It was kind of a means to an end for me. So I ended up realizing, mm, maybe after the first year, the first year was fun and exploring. But after that, I realized this is just me living the life I would back home in Canada, but in another country, I'm still at a desk. It's still an office job. I'm still not really doing something that I'm really passionate about. And I just felt, okay, I, I don't know what to do with my life. I haven't 
I haven't found what it is that I want to do because teaching wasn't it. Being in Canada wasn't it. I just didn't really know. And I was kind of lost. So, and now I, I want to say, I think for a lot of people, if you look for it, COVID, you can get something, even if it's something small out of COVID happening, that can change your way of thinking, can change your mindset. Yes. You can something out of it and I was actually locked out of China during when COVID was really at its worst in the world and so I went back home to Canada to live with my parents in their house and I was stuck there for nine months and at the time I was just like oh my gosh this is the worst thing that could happen to me I hated my life I mean who wouldn't right but now looking back on that I am so grateful and I realized this in the time too but it's a lot easier now when you're not living at home with your parents um I realized now that it was actually a blessing in disguise and I am grateful that that happened because of the fact that that is the reason why I discovered my passion and why I started my business now. Um, And honestly, when I went back home to Canada, I was on a different path. I was planning to become um, a licensed teacher and to get a, you know, a great job teaching and stay in China for the rest of my life. But I kind of lost sight as to why I moved to China in the first place, because teaching was not the reason. So you kind of get caught up in life, essentially, and in everything that's going on around you. And so coming back home for COVID, or maybe I should say being forced to go back home to Canada for COVID, really put me back on track. And now I'm really grateful for that because it put me on track for this is not what I want to do in my life. This is never what I've wanted. I just got caught up in being in China and the lifestyle there and, you know, how easy things can sometimes be here in China. So being stuck at home really ignited my passion for entrepreneurship, for starting a business that could actually help people with skills that I had always had and I had always been passionate about, but I really discovered that as a business due to COVID, which is kind of really a blessing in disguise. And I'm so sorry, after this long rant, I'm now forgetting the question that you asked me, but I remember that this tied into it. Yeah, so what's what's something that you have come through that's that's had you come out of it more powerful? Mm -hmm. And and what was that like, that experience? Yeah, okay. So where I was going with this, (laughs) kind of rewind a little bit, um, is when I first decided to leave Canada. That was a shock to pretty much everyone that I knew and the people who I told, oh, I'm going abroad to teach. They said, oh yeah, I know someone who's done that. They said it was great. And then they came back and, you know, lived and worked in Toronto or a neighboring city the next year. And I just remember thinking in the back of my mind, oh my gosh, like, I hope that that is not me unless something goes really wrong. I am not going to be back here in a year or in two years. Um, so that was something at the time because I was a lot younger and that was something that I really struggled with because a lot of people didn't understand why I was going and what I was wanting to do. And it was just kind of that fixed mindset of, um, 
the fixed mindset of, oh, you'll be back. Oh, no one lives abroad forever. Oh, like you can't do this. No one else I know has done this. So you can't do it. You've had a lot of pushback from that. Like, this is what I'm going to go and do. And because in their world, it's not possible or it's Mm -hmm. not some, they're like, I can't grasp how that could be a thing. And you're like, well, I'm doing it. Like, I'm not talking about it or reporting on it. I'm doing it. So yeah, I was. Cool. I was what did it ready. take for you to to make to take those steps? What What did it take yeah. within you? So I was I was really ready to make it happen, but just to preface, like my immediate family was very supportive, and honestly, everyone yeah. around me was supportive, but they just didn't really understand my end goal and what I was trying to do with it. So there was kind of that, oh, that's great, but then there was that pushback as well, which I kind of tried to resist because I didn't want to do it the way that everyone else that they knew had done it. Um, But so the steps that I took, and it was actually to get into China, it's quite a long process. So it was a somewhat long process of almost a year's time, I would say, to get all the documents, get everything notarized, like just all of that paperwork did take some time. So I knew I was leaving, I would say, about a year before I actually left. But of course, not everyone else knew that. And I remember someone in my life um, saying, you know, I was like, oh, I don't know if I should go to China or elsewhere. And they were like, oh, well, don't go to China because a friend of a friend's sister I knew went and got a disease and died. And I'm just like, everyone's always got a story. Oh, my gosh. Yes. And even I'm moving um, to Istanbul in two weeks. And that pushback as well, it's a different kind of pushback because now I just really have my direct family and my friends here in China who I tell, but it's a different kind of pushback because that's a completely different culture than Canada or than China. And there's just so many differences. So it's that pushback as well. And the pushback from a lot of people saying, oh, you can't live a life where you can just up and leave and go wherever you want. And that's not sustainable. So I feel like a lot of the time there is a lot of pushback in my life, but at the same time, I've always been really strong willed in what I want. And I know I'm the only one who's going to make it happen for myself. So no one else is going to make this happen. So I really have to do it. And I have to have those goals and that vision. I always try to have a vision for how I want my life to look like. And then it's like, okay, well, what are the steps to get there? I know what the end goal is. And then what are those steps? Um, And then another kind of pushback that I had more recently was leaving my last full-time job. And the pushback that I got from my fellow coworkers was so incredibly unsupportive that because they are the nine to five worker mentality and they just didn't understand and they couldn't grasp the fact that there's anything else out there that you can make money from while not working a nine to five and not working for somebody else. Um, So the pushback on that was not really something I cared too much about, to be honest, but it was just interesting to see over, you know, that five, six month period when people kind of knew that I was leaving and I was finishing up my contract. Um, that pushback was really interesting to observe. And it was interesting also to see the, the difference in mentality of the nine to five worker and how they can't envision 
a different life. And then myself going from that nine to five to that vision that I see my life. And that was the first step at the time to kind of get to where I wanted to be and where I knew I wanted to be. And honestly, I'm sure where all of my coworkers would also want to be, but they just don't have that vision and maybe they haven't ever heard of that lifestyle. I know I hadn't when I left Canada. Yeah. And what would you say are the main lessons that you took from that? Um, I would say a big lesson, honestly, is just to not judge people because I have faced in so many different forms judgment, whether it is leaving my job, leaving my home country, leaving my hometown because I want something different than what everyone else there wants. Um, you know, just don't judge people because you also don't know their story and you don't know where they come from and their background and what their vision for life is and what they have experienced. And it's so interesting. Anytime I get close enough to somebody to actually know their background and, you know, their upbringing a little bit more, everyone has a story that you would never expect to hear. So when you judge someone just based on one brief interaction or an Instagram post or something like that, something that's so small and so vain, uh, it really does yourself a disservice. Honestly, it does yourself a disservice. And for me, if someone judges me, like, I don't care, take it or leave it. You know, I've (laughs) learned that many, many years ago and it's something that still happens to the day. So I just let it roll off my back. And, you know, judgment is something that can sometimes just pop into your head. Sometimes you, you actively need to try to think, I don't want to judge someone. So I know sometimes it can pop into your mind. Um, but I always just try to control those thoughts because it's, it's just not, it's not something that I would ever want someone to do to me. So that is really something that I think I've learned throughout many years of different forms of judgment and being told what I should do. Yeah, I get it. I get it. So we've got some fun questions and I love asking this of people because I get to like, I love asking this of clients. I love asking this of guests on the show because I get to hear the the breadth of answers that people come out with. And it's just like fascinating to get a glimpse of what's really important to people. Um, So if, so just to to preface this, there's two things that's guaranteed in life and one of them is that we're all going to die one day and the other one is that we have no idea when so if you knew that you had 24 hours left on the planet how would you spend them wow wow your preface there really hit home (laughs) (laughs) um yeah that's a great question so I think if I had 24 hours left and I knew it Um, as much as, and this is just being totally honest, as much as I love my business and what I do and who I help, I would spend my time doing what I love with the people that I love. And in my lifestyle, unfortunately, that would probably mean I wouldn't be able to get home to my family. And that's just something that I, I'm I'm used to it now. I'm used to the video calls with everyone back home. Uh, I've been doing it for many years. But I think it doesn't 
really matter because we have that connection still. So call my family, spend time with my partner, spend time with the family that I have made here in China from all over the world and got to experience all different um, walks of life through other people. Mm-hmm. And doing what I love, probably eating the food that I love, because who cares? Um, and just spending, <laughs> just spending quality time, because I Amazing. think at the end of the day, that's what fulfills everybody. And I would be so interested to hear other people's answers to that as well. If there was something other than spending time with your loved ones, I would be so curious to know what what is that other thing? <laughs> I've had some interesting ones like... Um, yeah. Some people just want to get their paperwork in order. They're hmm. like, shit, I've not done a will. Interesting. Mine is all in order. I'm super organized. So I know I would yeah. be good in that department. <laughs> There's some people that get super practical about it. And others get very spiritual and other ones want to revisit their childhood or, you know, there's all different things that people want to do. So it's quite cool. So what if you had a week? How would you spend a week? Um, a week would give me a little bit more time. Probably I would um, ask my family to meet up with me somewhere. I don't think I would go home, but I would probably want to go somewhere just beautiful that I can spend my last days in, whether that's, you know, somewhere like a, a beach. I know my mom loves the beach. So something that we can kind of all enjoy. And I think a week is a lot more of a practical time. Yeah. Um, I honestly, I think everything, I wouldn't really worry about the logistics because I'm a really organized person already. So everything is already taken care of on that end. Um, -hmm. but I would just not care about my belongings or my things. And I probably would just hop on a plane with no suitcase and like, or, you know, a little backpack and be like, let's just do this, you know, with all the people that I care about. I'd be like, I don't care. Take the time off work, come and spend a week. And I honestly think that would probably be the best week of anyone's life. Because when does that ever happen? When would everyone just drop everything and be like, okay, for the next week, you are the only priority in my life. Um, that, that really never happens. So if I had that week, which is a good amount of time, probably go to a beautiful beach somewhere and, you you know, spend my money and give some money to charity and give money to people who need it, maybe in my family or otherwise, and just be able to help people, but also have an enjoyable last week with the people that I love because memories are really the one thing that you can hold on to, I guess, before you die. Oh, that's amazing. And and what if you had a year? Okay. A year is a little bit more time. And actually that's a scary question because who knows? Like, well, I mean, you could have one day, you could have one week, but a year kind of is a little bit more practical in terms of, (laughs) you know what I mean? (laughs) So, um, a year, interesting question. I think I would, So I have talked a lot about the vision that I have for my life and how I see myself living my life. And of course, if I were to live for the next 40 or 50 years, that vision would be constantly changing. But if I only had one year, that vision would probably be something similar to what I'm envisioning now. So I would probably spend time with my partner and my family and my close friends and live the lifestyle I want, I would probably still keep working a little bit because it's something I enjoy and I still have the time to do it. And it fulfills me. It really fulfills me. And it gives me that sense of purpose in life. And I just have 
I feel so grateful to be able to do what I'm doing. So I would continue to do that and continue to build my business and just spend time traveling, being with the ones that I love and living the lifestyle that I enjoy and not having any negative vibes. Because if I know I'm only going to be here for one more year, I don't want any of that negativity in my life. And honestly, I would probably get maybe a little bit more spiritual and try to figure out what's in the beyond, but then I might actually try to hold myself back from that because that's something that I would discover eventually in a year's time. So (laughs) just enjoy my time here and kind of just be able to go with the flow. Sometimes I'm not the greatest at going with the flow because I'm such a planner, Um, but just kind of go with the flow and do what I want to do in my life and achieve that vision within a year amazing well I'll just let you sit with those ideas and maybe see what you can implement over the next little while but strong questions so if you if you met your 20 year old self or you know you look quite young so maybe we need to go back to like 16 or something but if you met your younger self what advice would you give her yes no 20 is good actually I really wish I could give myself um, this advice, kind of go back and talk to my 20 year old self. But I think one thing that I've always struggled with, and maybe being 20, I didn't realize this, um, but I do now as I've gotten older is authoritative figures have always, not even authoritative people who are higher than me in any sense have always intimidated me. And I don't know where that comes from. I'm sure it's something that stems from childhood, um, but not intimidated in like, oh my gosh, I, I curl up in a ball and I just, I can't converse, but it, it always just intimidates me when I know someone is higher than me or older than me or achieved more or something along those lines, just leveled up at least one level. So, but as I've gotten older, I've realized that everyone, you think everyone has it figured out, but really no one does. And the people who seem like they do have that amazing, confident exterior, and maybe they they do know what they're talking about in their business life or in other aspects of their life, but nobody has it all figured out. Life is life. Um, nobody knows what's going to happen, what's going to come next. And you're always changing as well, your goals, your vision, your dreams. So I think one big thing would be to question more and to not be so worried about the authoritative figures and and really how they perceive me as being younger. And I would just be myself more and be less in my head, be less worried about, oh, how are they going to perceive me? Oh, I can't do this. I can't ask this because it might come off this way. Who cares? Who gives a fuck? Honestly, sorry, pardon my French, but like, oh, as I, get you know, older, you I don't care. <laughs> As I get older, I realize, you know, no one has it all together. No one has it all figured out. So why, why be worried about that authoritative figure aspect? And that's something, you know, I'm still working on and working through, but myself being 20, I feel like I could have achieved a lot more in a shorter amount of time had I not been afraid to ask those questions and to just do it. And if you get it wrong, that's fine. That's life. You know, that happens. It doesn't, you don't need to be perfect all the time. So I think, yeah, that's some advice that I would give myself, but I am learning slowly. So it's all good. It's a learning process. And um. 
Speaking of being older, what do you think your 90-year-old self would say to you if she could see you now? Hmm. That is a great question. Um, honestly, I think my 90-year-old self, and this is, t- this is tough because I don't know I don't know the future. So I can only kind of go based off of where I am right now. But I think my 90 year old self would be honestly just really proud of the decisions that I've made in my life that have brought me here. Because I think a lot of people in my shoes who wanted what I wanted probably are still in Canada working at that desk job and kind of tricking themselves into thinking that they're happy and they need to have, um, what is it? The the mortgage, the good job, the 2.5 kids. That is something I've always said, nope, don't want. From since I was, I think, 18, I was like, that is not something that I want. I, I don't want to own a home. I don't want to own a car. I don't know if I want kids. Um, so I think my 90-year-old self would be really proud of the fact that I was able from a young age to see that I didn't want that. And again, I think my having like that corporate role right out of university really helped me realize that. So I'm grateful to that. Um, but I think just having the courage to do that and to know what I want in life. And then also to leave an amazing job that was secure and, you know, medical and it was, it was all in all just a great job, but I wasn't passionate about it. And so to leave that when I didn't have a backup, um, is I think something that a lot of people, a lot of people in my space have the courage to do that, but a lot of people outside that space, uh, it's completely foreign to them. So maybe a lot of your listeners will be able to relate to that. But I always try to think a lot of the people who are not in this online business world, a lot of my friends here in China um, and back home don't think about these things every day or every week. And it's not a common theme that comes up. So I think just having the courage to, live the life that I want and be able to sacrifice things for that would be something that my older self would be proud of. And I'm sure there will be other accomplishments in my life as well, but those are yet to come. Yay. And that, that just translates right across the board though, like what you're saying about just living the life that you want, not the life that's expected or the you know the life within the agreement that seems to be made that you get to a certain age and you do certain things right so and you're like no I'm going to carve my own path and that's and that's what I really get from that that's what I'm really present to when you're saying that so amazing and um so what sort of legacy would you love to leave when you leave this earth what do you Mm. want to be remembered for um Honestly, I feel like this is a question that a lot of people think about, but it's something that I don't really think I've ever thought about if I'm being completely honest. I think, hmm, I guess just however I choose to live my life is how I would want to be remembered. And I've always, I've always said, I don't care how many people are at my funeral. I, I really, that's not something I care about. The numbers are not something that I care about, but it's more so the quality of people who are at my funeral um, Mm -hmm. or my celebration of life, not funeral. (laughs) But Mm -hmm. I think the people who would be there, the people who I have made those deep enough connections with who would be there, Mm -hmm. I would hope that they would remember me by just being courageous and um, hmm, 
being bold enough to carve my own path because I think at least right now in my life a lot of people um like I mentioned are kind of on a different path than me and are not interested in having their own business or um really really any of the things that interest me in terms of the business space online business entrepreneurship so um, being able to carve my own path and maybe also hopefully being an inspiration to them that they can do it as well. And I even try to do that now with a lot of my friends, but sometimes if, if you're not in that right mindset and you're not surrounding yourself, whether it's in person or online with people who are doing similar things to what you're doing in terms of entrepreneurship and owning their own business and starting their own business, um, it's really difficult to get into that space if you are just surrounded by nine to fivers or, you know, kind of that other mentality. So I would hope that I would be able to give them the courage And also maybe a little kick in the butt of like, hey, you don't know when it's going to happen to you. You don't know when you're going to die. So do what you want to do, because a lot of people in my life are like, yeah, I'll do this at some point, you know, or yeah, yeah, I I really want to do this. This is something I'm really passionate about when I have time. And then that when I have time and being in three years and then I I, I can just see it's never going to happen. Um, So I would hope I would be able to give people the courage to do whatever they want. You don't know when you're going to yeah, do like, Even if you, you do know. it for. Exactly. Exactly. Why <laughs> are you saving it? Yeah. You only get one life and some people don't realize that. And maybe they need to come on your podcast because I feel like you made problem. <laughs> get them on. Get them on. But yeah, what, what are we saving it for? You know, what are we saving mm-hmm. those opportunities for? Oh, I'll do it when, I'll do it this time and I'll do it once I've done some, oh, fucking, it's living a, it's a tomorrow life and tomorrow never comes. Like, do it now. Now's the only time. I've got a clock and my, I used to have a, a different office in here. I've just moved into the living room yesterday and I've got a clock and it's got no numbers on it. It's just getting now, 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 all the way around I love, it. I and love I'm just that. Like, what time is it now? When do I want my dinner? Right now. <laughs> I I'm love that. That's, I'm done. No. <laughs> that's that's a good constant reminder too. I yeah. feel like sometimes you need that visual constant reminder because you're not always thinking, yeah. oh, I don't know when I'm gonna die. I don't know what's gonna happen tomorrow. So to see that visually as a reminder in your home, yeah. that's amazing. I like that a lot. Yeah, and and none of that checking in with my feelings nonsense. My feelings don't tell me what's real and what's not and neither do my beliefs and or neither do anyone's beliefs really I could believe all day that I'm a giraffe and it doesn't make me a giraffe so listening to beliefs about myself or you know I'd, I'd sooner believe that I was I was um for a while I believed I was going to be stupid the rest of my life because after my ex took his life I failed an exam and my mind went blank and I dropped out of university and I thought that's it and I, I, it's just a belief, right? It doesn't make it fact. So I would rather, I'd rather have or sooner have believed that I was be, I'd be stupid my whole life than I would that I'm a giraffe. And both of them, have, they carry the same weight. You know, it doesn't mean that I'm stupid just because I'm believing it. And it doesn't mean I'm a giraffe just because I'm believing that either. Mm-hmm. So that just sparked something for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
And I feel like we all go through, oh my gosh, like I for sure have gone through times where it's one event happens and it's like, this event defines my life. This is who I am now. Oh my and it's God, like, I know. No. And then you also have, you know, 40, 50, 60 years left to live. Are you going to let this one moment define all these future moments that haven't even happened yet? Exactly. What if I live to a hundred? Am I going to have to keep believing that until I'm a hundred? No, thank you. So, Yeah. So what would you say is is your why? What's your purpose for doing all of this, everything that you're up to? Good question. So I actually like to break it down into kind of two separate areas of why. So I'm in the online business space. So I like to separate it kind of into online and business. And those are two separate areas of why for me. So in terms of the online aspect of it, um, I love and I intentionally started a business online so that I could live out my vision and be able to visit my family anytime I wanted and be able to see my friends all over the world anytime I wanted. So that online aspect is really a big part of my vision, (laughs) not even mentioning that it's what I'm passionate about because everything I do is online. I swear I'm glued to my computer all day, but that online is kind of me creating my vision and that's the why for why I created my online business for creating that vision, the passion of how I want my life to be. But then we go over to the business side, online business. So the business side and my why for that is that I feel so passionately about the women that I help, these women who are trying to start their own business and they have amazing businesses and amazing visions and amazing ideas for what they are doing, what they're selling, where they want to go in the future, how they want to help other people that they're working with help the world, but they just don't know how to bring that online. They're not well-versed in that online space. Um, So in terms of that business aspect for me, my why is that I feel so fulfilled by helping these women get their businesses online, understand what they're doing, feeling, like I said, confident and empowered that they know how to do it. And honestly, the feeling when you are finished with your client and they have all of the knowledge that you have imparted on them and all of the resources and they just know what they're doing and hear my clients say, this is amazing. I now, I'm no longer lost and I know the next step. I know what's next in my business and where to go from here when they did not have that clarity when you first started out is so rewarding. So online business for me, those are two separate whys. One is the lifestyle that I want to make for myself. And another is that business aspect of feeling so so passionate about what I do and who I help. Um, So those are my, my two different whys for different reasons. Love it. So any, any final advice for any women that are watching? Um, honestly, I, well, I think kind of the premises of this whole podcast interview was, and I love it, is just to live your life out and you don't know when your life is going to come to an end. But do you also, even if you did know it's not going to be for 60 years, do you really want to spend your life for the next 60 years 
not doing something that you love and that lights you up and that you're passionate about and giving back and helping others as well. Cause that's such a rewarding feeling. Honestly, it is. Um, so I, I would say just kind of to think critically about that because we all are told that we all know that we've all heard that before, but when you actually are like this, for instance, interviewed for an hour about it, well, it really hits home a little bit more and just <laughs> I'm a huge action taker, but I know a lot of people are not. So if you are not a super go-getter action taker, that's okay. But do you want to live in a life that you're not hundred percent happy with just because you have labeled yourself as someone who maybe isn't an action taker or a go-getter. Um, so just to critically think about that and also to think about what is your vision in life? What have you always wanted and dream big and it can change. But, you know, in the next year, two years, short term, somewhat short term, what is it that you want and reverse engineer that and figure out how you can get there? Because you will be so much happier. Trust me. (laughs) Yes. And I wholeheartedly agree with that because there was a million reasons for me not to get into coaching. A million, you know, and I, I told myself, nobody will take you seriously. You've said too much online. You've told everybody you were alcoholic and a dominatrix. Who's going to listen to you? And I had other people around me reinforcing that as well. Are you sure? Are you sure though? Are you go- How are you going to deal with your past? And I'm like, I'm going to use it as my greatest asset. And, and I took the action. And that's, for me, it's the, it's the taking of the action that breaks you through it. Because we can all talk about stuff and report on it and, and, and have opinions and this is how it should be and all that. But there's no skin in the game until you've actually stuck your arse in the line and went and done it. Even if it's the next tiny, tiny, tiny action, you take that one and it changes the course of your whole life. And you know, you've travelled a lot, but if if a plane takes off heading for from Green from San Francisco heading for New York and it's a degree out, it ends up in Greenland. And there's fuck all in Greenland. So you just take that one tiny action and you can change the course of your whole entire life and not end up in Greenland. <laughs> Go back to New York. That's where the party's happening. So that's yes. a good analogy. And I, I like what you said there, which pr- is pretty much talk is cheap. You know, anyone can talk about it. Like I was talking about some of the people I've met in life. It's easy to talk about this is what I want to do. This is what, oh my gosh, this would be so great if I could have this business. But okay, well, you're never going to have it if you just sit here and talk about it. So that's why for me, quitting my job and not having a backup plan was something that I needed to really be like, okay, this is it. You're going for it. You're doing (laughs) the dream life thing, you know? And I know some people maybe don't operate that way. And I'm a planner. I always am thinking ahead and planning, but I knew that I just needed that kick in the butt and it's easy to talk about it, but then also have a full-time income as well. So I was like, nope, this is what I want to do. And I'm just going to go all in. Amazing. I love it. That's great. So how can people contact you, Nicole? Yeah, great question. So my Instagram is where I am most active. So that is at the simply social underscore. Uh, you can also check me out on Facebook, the simply social or my website, the simply social.com. Um, I have a somewhat new blog and I actually really don't like writing, <laughs> but it's just, I'm using it as kind of my idea board. So I've just started that recently and it's just short ideas that I have about, um, I just started, I wrote one today cause I made a podcast 
last episode, I also have a podcast called Business Mindset in Minutes. Um, but I had a podcast that I released the other day all about freebies and how everyone has a freebie, but I actually don't think freebies are the best thing if you want to grow your email list. And I kind of go into why I think that, um, because I think a lot of people are all about freebies and so many other different things in the business world. And so I, I just have my thoughts on things and I just write them out in a few paragraphs and I'm like, okay, hey, well, this is what I think and take it. I'm going to read that because I've got a freebie. <laughs> I do too, but this was kind of before I started thinking, I was having a conversation with a friend about this um, and I just kind of started critically thinking about it. So yeah, check out my podcast episode. They're, they're pretty short um, if you want to kind of hear my thoughts and why I think they're not necessarily the best thing, but you can also check out my podcast, Business Mindset in Minutes or the Simply Social on all of the social platforms. And I would love to chat if you are interested in hearing anything more about me or my business or anything at all just reach out to me amazing well thank you so much and, and for for everything all the wisdom and all the nuggets that you've dropped on this so I'm sure anyone that's watching will be absolutely delighted and also um, if you do want to get in contact with Nicole and if you've missed any of those links then they will be on the description for the podcast so um, so thank you again so much I'm so glad that you came on and and, um, and let's chat Thank you. Thank you so much, Andrea. I really appreciate it. Take care. Bye.